All welcome to the July 14, 2021 Board of Trustees meeting. Um, Madam Clerk, can we go to a roll call, please? Absolutely. Trustee Banerjee. Here. Trustee Bouquet. Here. Trustee Blue is not here yet. Trustee Dong. Here. Trustee Esteen. Here. Trustee Fox. Here. Trustee Friedman is not here. Um, Trustee Jensen. Here. And Trustee Spandardo is in here, but we do have a quorum. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Uh, with that, we'll go into public comment. As a reminder, this Board of Trustees welcomes public comment. All feedback and commentary uh, should be considered a gift, and I think this Board does so. General commentary uh, on making public comment. Uh, you need to inform the Clerk of the Board if you would like to make public comment. Second, public comment can be made for specific agenda items or for non-agendized items. And generally speaking, and this is a function of how many speakers are, the time limit is up to about it. We'll, we'll maintain it three minutes per speaker. We'll drop it shorter if there if there's overwhelming public comment. To date, there's only been one person who has notified the clerk of the board. Good evening, Miss Coughlin. We're going to come to you in one second. Um, I, it's my understanding from the clerk that 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 there might have been some technical difficulties. So I do want to give the public uh, this opportunity. Miss Coughlin's going to go in just one second. So, um, Madam Clerk and General Counsel, is it okay if that opportunity or guide us is used in the Zoom chat? It, would we recommend that that's the best way for them to notify you? Yes, that will work. Okay. So, for the public in, is who's, who are in the room who have not, who perhaps couldn't get in touch with uh, the Clerk of the Board, you, you have a, a, a few moments to use the chat to identify yourself as someone who will be available, who, who would like to give public comment. Other than that, good evening, Ms. Coughlin. It's my understanding this is for a non-agendized item. We welcome all public speakers. Um, three minutes will be on the clock, and just to let you know, our clerk will, will give you a verbal 30 seconds. Okay, thank you. Um, uh, um, uh, do a little bit of a voice check for us, Ms. Coughlin. That was a little bit quiet. Can you? Can everyone hear? Yeah, that's that's good. Okay, all right. All right I'll please just... go for it. I'll just hold this then. Um, hello, everyone. I would like to thank Dr. Bouquet for the opportunity to speak this evening. My name is Mary Coughlin. I am a former employee of Alameda Health System, and I'm going to speak on a non-agenda item tonight. I know AHS and the Alameda County Board of Supervisors engaged in a study on how to best provide governance going forward. And I want to speak about what I observe to be a roadblock to the success and sustainability of AHS. No matter what model of governance is adopted, there is still an elephant in the room. Having worked at AHS for over 11 years, I observed that management and labor do not work collaboratively and don't know how to. They don't trust each other. They don't even know that they don't know how. I took a course through an international training and development company that showed me it's possible to distinguish what you don't know that you don't know as a blind spot and put the past in the past, leaving a clearing for another alternative. The other alternative I'm speaking of is partnership and trust. Speculate for just a moment and 
anyone that's on the call is welcome to do this. Um, what could be possible for the organization if partnership and trust were present? I am here as a resident of Alameda County who is concerned for the sustainability of our only safety net hospital. The clerk of the board has my email address and phone number if anyone is interested in finding out more about the course I took. Thank you for your time. Ms. Coughlin, thank you so much for your comments. Um, I'm gonna give us like a 10 or 15 second uh, opportunity for any other public comment. Again, making sure uh, that this is a space that our public can use, that this board welcomes. And uh, we're not, while we shouldn't respond directly to comments, I appreciate Ms. Coughlin's comments. It is not me to thank, it is this board of trustees and the public process. So appreciations for that anyways. I'm not seeing anything in the chat. Madam Clerk, are you? No, I don't have anything. Uh, Council, are you? Okay. With, with, with that, um, we will humbly go into the agenda. Let's go to item A, the executive officer's report. And as we know, um, we take this opportunity to uh, kind of have some shared learnings around things. And then our vice president and our secretary treasurer have some opportunity. The article that I chose for this one uh, was entitled Fiduciary Duties, Conflicts of Interest and Independence Refresher from the American Hospital Association. Why did I choose this article? This, this board of trustees have been in place now for six months and uh, uh, I feel that remarkable change is, 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 is afoot. And it's sometimes it's important to go back to basics and remember uh, the why of why we are here. And I thought this was a good article for myself personally and I like to share learning. So the introduction on this article. High performing boards are ensuring their own governance structures and practices provide appropriate oversight for their changing organizations. They're requesting more frequent education on health trends, finding ways to spend more time in strategic discussions, revisiting their committee structures and adding board and committee members with new areas of expertise. Savvy boards, which I hope us to be, are reviewing their legal fiduciary duties and conflicts of interest requirements. So this term fiduciary duty is one that which is often appointed to boards and I wanted to have a brief dialogue on this. This is a 10 minute agenda item. The Royal, we often equate fiduciary duty with money, of course, but the word fiduciary does not in of itself suggest financial matters. Uh, the, the, the word fiduciary actually comes from the Latin fidere, which means to trust. So practically speaking, fiduciary duty means an acceptance of responsibility to act in the best interest of an entity or a person. And in this case, the board of trustees for Alameda Health System. And, and, and uh, uh, a part of my learning includes that there are actually subsets of fiduciary duties. And I wanted to remind uh, the public and ourselves what those four fiduciary duties are. There's the fiduciary duty of oversight. There's the fiduciary duty of care. There's the fiduciary duty of obedience and there's the fiduciary duty of loyalty. So what are each of those? The fiduciary duty of oversight entails the following. First, developing the mission and helping to formulate the strategy for the organization. Second, establishing and monitoring adherence to policies, norms, and procedures. Third, carefully selecting a competent CEO. Next, delegating work to the CEO. And next, monitoring the performance of the organization and the CEO. 
that's the fiduciary duty of oversight. I think uh, this this board is 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 doing that, and we can always do better. And uh, the royal we, but and we're continuing to do so. The fiduciary duty of care. What is that? That states the board must be knowledgeable in uh, of all reasonably available information and act with appropriate prudence and care. Again, this is why we have structured presentations for which data can inflow to us so with, that we can make these uh, uh, the decisions that we have to make. I think we're striving to, to fulfill that fiduciary duty as well. The fiduciary duty of obedience. That states that the board must ensure that the organization is obedient to its central purpose as described in its articles of incorporation and its mission. And our mission we know is caring, healing, teaching, serving all. And last, the fiduciary duty of loyalty. What is that? It requires trustees to discharge their duties unselfishly to benefit only the corporate enterprise <sighs> and not the directors personally. So with that, um, those were the key elements that I gleaned from this article. I, as always, I, I'll open it up for discussion if there are from any of the trustees on this article. And um, trustees, any comments on the article? That's okay. <laughs> um, it's uh, Madam Clerk, if we'll uh, consider this, adding this to our, again, library of core reading for our trustees. And um, I think that uh, this is an important article. At it. it's, it's not a hard read for those of you who haven't read it. It's four or five pages. And I think it's a, I think it's, uh, I think it's a, it's a nice guiding document for any hospital board. With that, I'll cede the mic to Vice President Jensen for any comments she might have. And then Secretary Treasurer Esteem. Uh, Trustee Jensen. Thank you. Um, thank you, Dr. Chair. I wanted to follow up a little bit on the article, which I found to be very effective. And I think what I appreciate about this board is um, the attention to governance. Of course, we've had the attention um, directed to us from external parties to become more effective at governing. And eventually that may be uh, out of the direct governance may be out of the hands of, of this board right now. But I bring this up because I wanted to um, share with the board opportunities, which I plan to take advantage of. And one of those opportunities is the Governance Institute, which puts, um, which holds conferences and meetings regularly to talk about governance and quality and, and relationships. And to Ms. Coughlin's point, that, to talk about the um, intentional types of governance that any board needs to do. So I bring this up because I'm going to be attending the um, conference for the Governance Institute, hopefully in person, but perhaps online. It takes place on September, or excuse me, October. October. Yeah, October, I think it's the... Um, you just went to mute, Trustee Jensen. Trustee Jensen, you're on mute. Sorry about that. No problem. So, um, yeah, what I wanted to do was talk, was invite and share the information about the October 2021 Leadership Conference in person in Denver, Colorado, or excuse me. Um, San Diego? No, I think it's in Boulder. Okay. It's in Colorado. And um, or online, and so I'll have Ronna send that out to everyone. And and I think to your point and to the 
the public speakers points it's it's a good opportunity for the board there in there are ways to improve personal personal performance as well as collective governance thank you thank you trustee jensen i love it learning mindset right always learning um trustee esteen um any comments as secretary treasurer it's okay if there are not you know you're feeling a little under the weather yeah, I'm under the weather, but I will say thank you for the insightful article. I think always remembering our fiduciary responsibilities is uh, top of mind. So thank you for that. Yes, ma'am. Keep drinking your tea. Um, with that, we will close out item A, and let's uh, have a report from our interim CEO. Mr. Jackson, good evening, sir. Good evening, Chair Bouquet, and thank you for the opportunity. Um, trustees, it's a pleasure to have a few minutes with you this evening. I prepared a few highlights um, of the past month based on our pillars of the organization, and I will walk through them now. Next slide, please. Let's move forward. Um, I want to draw your attention first to the rounding process, which was initiated early on in my tenure, and it continues to go very well. It's been well received by the staff. Um, you can see the highlights here. Um, I want to draw your attention to the individual in the picture to my right, to your left on the screen, and that's Trustee Blue, who joined me yesterday in rounding at Alameda Hospital. It was really wonderful to be at Alameda, um, but all the more so to have a trustee with me. And so we are speaking in this photo to Dr. Uh, Nikita Joshi, who is the head of the emergency department at Alameda, and Andrew Lang, who was the nursing leader. And so we had a really wonderful time speaking with them and then had a tour of the facility with one of the nursing leaders there. And um, really, I think it gave our trustee an opportunity to really um, go to the Gimba and to see what was happening on the front lines. We had some engaged conversation with uh, a number of the staff throughout the facility. So I urge all of the trustees to um, avail themselves of the same opportunity that Trustee Blue did. And I really am consistently impressed and pleased with the reception that we've received in our rounding from the staff. Um, Mark Fratsky, Dr. Jamaluddin, uh, myself, um, and others have been doing these rounds since um, January. And I think it really is um, resonating with the staff, but it's also giving us a lot of insights that we didn't have before when we were just taking meetings from our office, perhaps. So um, we intend to continue with the executive rounding process for the foreseeable future. Next slide, please. I'm gonna spend a moment talking about the Restoration and Oversight Committee, also known as the ROC. And that is the committee that on a weekly basis looks at what is happening from a COVID-19 perspective and how we go about restoring services across the entire system in a prudent but expeditious way so that we can get back to the business of providing full care to the extent that we're possible it's possible for us so most recently the rock approved the increase of appointments in outpatient physical therapy occupational therapy and speech language pathology as well as audiology and we're working with post-acute leaders to operationalize and ensure infection prevention protocols are met that last sentence is terribly important because COVID's not done. And I'm gonna speak in a moment about some of the issues that we're seeing as the variants are um, taking hold, if you will. But we are being prudent in the way that we are going about reopening services and making sure that we are 
adhering to the latest in infection prevention protocols. Dr. Deborah Ellis is our infection prevention leader for the organization, and she's extraordinary and really has done, I think, an amazing job in helping make sure that we're providing the best care possible within um, prudent infection control guidelines. Moving down the page, you can see that cases have begun to tick up a little bit. They've more than doubled in a press release in, given the recent numbers. The vast majority of new cases are among unvaccinated people. Um, the, our health system strongly recommends staff and community get vaccinated as soon as possible. And I, I just wanna lift that up for just a moment. We have not moved to mandatory vaccinations, but I just wanna lay the groundwork that I believe that that is in our future. It won't be done in a rush. We will engage our labor partners to make sure that it's done in a prudent and a fair way, but we are hovering, and let's go to the next slide. Um, we're hovering at about 72% um, of staff being fully vaccinated. 74% have received one dose. You'll recall last month, the numbers, frankly, were kind of similar. We were right about 71% um, who had received one dose. And so moving up by three percentage points, I do not feel as satisfactory. And so we plateaued. So we are having conversations. Many of you are aware that um, San Francisco um, has mandated um, that healthcare workers will be vaccinated and they have given a, a deadline for that. The UC system has accepted that mandate. And so it's happening around us. It's happening across the country. I saw on CNN today where some countries like Greece and Italy are contemplating making it mandatory for all healthcare workers. And so, again, we won't rush to judgment on this, but I, I do believe that that's in our future after consultation with our labor partners. I do want to draw your attention to the last bullet on this page, the total staff positive cases, 377 cases as of the 9th of July, or 5.84%. So almost 6% of the total AHS staff. I am happy to report that none of the cases thus far have been identified as being generated within the system. And so these are staff who we believe to have been infected externally and then identified in the course of testing here at work. Next slide, please. I apologize for a busy slide, but this is an update on the um, culture of safety or SCORE survey. We have made a commitment as an organization to sharing this information fully with our staff and then creating organizational goals to try to resolve the issues that are, have been identified via the survey. So I will draw your attention to the last line of the first paragraph. The goal is to complete steps one through three by the end of the month. And so we've got about two weeks. And if you look at step three, you can see we've got a ways to go at each of our facilities, the highest being Highland Hospital, which is at 35%. At the bottom of the page, I do note the debriefings that are currently being scheduled, um, but Mark Fratsky has really taken this on um, as a challenge, if you will, and we're being very aggressive with our leaders and making sure that the information is being shared with the staff and we begin the process of creating the goals for the organization. So I will continue to provide updates to the trustees on this, but I just wanna give you full disclosure that we're working diligently to do this, but we obviously have a ways to go in terms of getting this information fully disseminated across the system. Next slide, please. I wanna spend a moment talking about the Health Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion Committee, uh, which is also known as HETI. HETI is chaired, it's co-chaired by Dr. Minnie Swift, who is the 
um, Assistant Chief Administrative Officer for Population Health, and Arlene Gomez, who is the Manager of Leadership and Development in our Human Resources Department. And Hetty, as you can see, the vision is to, in essence, to advance health equity, diversity, and inclusion throughout the Alameda Health System and to ensure racism is really driven out of our organization. So this committee had gone on a bit of a hiatus. They have begun meeting again. We are looking at the membership of the committee to make sure that it's as inclusive as possible and that we have frontline staff who are actively involved in this work. We think that's critical, that our frontline staff help us build the solutions as opposed to leadership building solutions and then pushing them um, down to the staff, if you will. So I don't want to read to you, but I wanted you to have this information that they're ready to understand that we are actively working on health equity, diversion, and inclusion. And I will just share that Lorna Jones, our Chief Human Resources Officer, has an extensive background in this sort of work. And she and her team will be on the tip of the spear in regards to our initiatives to really make sure that we are doing the kind of training for our staff to give them the tools to deal with a very diverse population that we serve. Next slide, please. A few more items on the workforce. We are restarting the department leaders meeting. This is a meeting that took place for a number of years and it stopped in the recent past. And it really was a place to disseminate information to the leaders, but as importantly, to give them the opportunity to cross pollinate, to meet their colleagues and to share best practices. And so we are restarting this forum effective the end of this month. It's the 29th of July. Some of the topics on our agenda for the 29th um, are the new leaders orientation because we have about a 12% turnover rate among our leadership team, which um, is high, it's too high. And so we are looking at ways to minimize leadership turnover. And we believe that having a robust leader orientation program will be key to that, getting people onboarded correctly and giving them resources to manage in their first year in the organization. So we're gonna be airing that topic with the leadership team. We also have other workforce issues that we'll be addressing. The culture of safety, which I spoke to just a moment ago, will be reviewed and we're gonna be providing data about how far we have progressed in terms of disseminating information. We're establishing an administrator on call rotation. We do not have a designated administrator on call for the facility. The only individual who has oversight are the house supervisors at the various facilities after hours and on weekends and holidays. We are initiating an administrator on call rotation, which will be inclusive of the executive leadership team and the chief administrative officers so that there will always be an executive or a CAO who's available on call via cell phone after hours on weekends and on holidays to make sure that the organization is well represented in the event of issues that need executive input. We'll also be talking about quality and sustainability. Moving topics, I wanted to give a brief update on labor. We are in negotiations currently with ACMIA as well as with UAPD. Um, the individual, the organization that led the negotiations, the successful negotiations with CNA and SEIU, the IEDA firm is leading those negotiations as well. Next slide, please. That is the conclusion of my prepared remarks and I'm happy to take any questions from the trustees. Trustees, any questions? Yes. Uh, I, uh, uh, Mr. Jackson, would you mind taking a slide present or, or Ahmad? Thank you, very good. I, I think I saw trust, Trustee Jensen. Um, 
James, I was wondering how we um, how vaccinated data is collected. Is it self-reported by employees? So you're referring to the slide that showed the vaccination rates for the employees. And so certainly we have it if we provided the vaccination or if they've given us proof of vaccination. And so some of it is self-reported. I think that it's safe to say the preponderance of it is because they've received their vaccination here. But if they did receive it externally, we've asked them to provide proof of vaccination and that's included in the data. So it's possible that some employees just have not gotten around to reporting that they've been vaccinated? That not is, likely. <laughs> it's, I think it's probably unlikely, but it is possible. And were we to go to a mandate, I believe that that would be the impetus for those who may have received the vaccination and not reported to do so. So to your point, Trustee Jensen, that may change the number. Um, I would offer that I don't think that's going to be a large number, but it's a possibility, yes. My other question about vaccines is, um, Do are there any other required or mandated vaccines for employees like hep B or flu shots or MMR? Excellent question. Um, certainly flu, we, we mandate, but it's if they don't get the flu vaccination, they have to do certain other preventive measures. So they have to wear a mask or what have you. There are others that are requirements for employment, um, such as the MMR that you referred to. And so, yes, we do have other vaccine mandates in the organization. I could certainly get those specifics if you'd be interested. You're on mute, Trustee Jensen. We may be moving in that direction, but I would be interested also to know um, if those are if those are discretionary or if they're state or federal requirements. Thanks. Thank you. Trustees, other comments with regard to anything from our interim CEO's report? Thank you, Mr. Jackson. Um, thank you for that report. With that, we'll. We'll move to item C, which is the medical staff reports. Uh, uh, as a reminder to our public and uh, and our trustees, this is the part where we interface directly with our elected medical staff leaders. Uh, that we usually have three in the room. I see, I see Dr. Williams, who is our chief of uh, the medical staff for uh, for Highland and San Leandro. Dr. Afzali, are you in the room? Um. Taft, Dr. Afzali is on his way to Yosemite. Ah, so that would make it difficult. Thank you, Mr. Fratsky. And then I, of course, see uh, Dr. Pyun in a cool library background. Um, uh, let's go with Dr. Williams. Good evening, Dr. Williams. Good, good evening. <clears throat> um, uh, I checked with Dr. Afzali if he wanted me to relay any information to the Board of Trustees today, and uh, he mentioned that uh, he will just report at the next Board of Trustees, and he didn't have a lot of updates to share today. Um, so I will start with um, our report for the Board. Um, um, we uh, had a presentation from the Ethics Committee um, at the last MEC. We also had a presentation from the Department of Surgery and a few highlights there that um, the Department of Surgery shared that they are seeing an improvement on um, 
and tra uh, tracheotomy management for severe uh, traumatic brain injury patients, where the duration of that went down from 27 and a half days to an average of 10 days. Um, they also reported that the um, trauma activa activation numbers have been steadily increasing since 2013. Um, uh, in terms of some of the, uh, actually, before I jump to that, um, I also wanted to share that um, medical staff is looking into uh, the ways of streamlining our process to address uh, and monitor professionalism concerns and complaints. So we are looking into possibly launching a new committee that will specifically be dedicated to the professionalism standards. So we're actively exploring um, that topic, um, more to come on that. Um, in terms of the key concerns, um, they remain similar to the ones that I believe we have shared before. One of the concerns is workforce recruitment and retention, uh, given a variety of resignations that the staff sees uh, coming through. Um, I think uh, medical staff also wants to um, get some updates regarding the progress on the Alameda health system governance structure and overall strategic plan for the health system, as well as um, ambulatory um, primary and uh, care and specialty care. Um, these were some of the concerns that um, MEC wanted to share with the board. Um, that concludes my report, but I'll be happy to um, answer any questions. Trustees, any questions of Dr. Williams in her report? Sedate crowd this evening. Okay. Dr. Williams, thank you very much for your report. Thank you. uh, good evening, Dr. Pion. Dr. Pion, uh, as everyone knows, is our chief of the medical staff at Alameda Hospital. Good evening. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, of course. Basically, uh, lately there has been some issues at Alameda Hospital regarding um, MRI and echo availability. I believe an echo tech may have quit, I heard. And then for a while, for a couple of weeks, we had very limited echo availability, maybe just uh, twice a week or something. It was it made life very difficult for our docs who were trying to move patients in and out more quickly. And it, 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 it probably increased our length of stay by quite a bit. Um, and uh, we had to transfer some of those patients to Highland for an echo, which seems um, very not, not a great thing. For, for a relatively simple study, it seems uh, it was not, not a great situation for us. Uh, lots of complaints from my doctors about my hospitals about it. Um, another one is MRI lately. There's apparently two and a half slots available per day at Alameda Hospital for inpatients uh, at this time. And uh, again, we're getting, when it gets busy, plus, plus we're a stroke center, every single stroke patient needs an MRI. Uh, it, it can be really, this can also increase length of stay in patients waiting around three to five days for an MRI. So this has been, uh, I've, I've kind of, had to push this up to uh you know leadership about you know this because this is again hurting uh our ability to take care of patients in a timely manner patients sitting around longer patients are unhappy about it probably lowering patient satisfaction scores as well as uh increasing length of stay uh, like i um and the third thing i think we talked about last time was a little about transfers and how transfers are tricky very difficult uh, there wasn't anything in really in place place for administration to get involved and to, to push to push um, these patients over to Highland and someone to clear 
an administrative path to get uh, to move beds around and whatnot. And I'm 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 pleased to hear from Dr. Jack uh, from James Jackson that there is going to be an administrator on call and they're setting that up. So I heard that that's that that'll that'll probably smooth things over and make things a little a bit easier. We're hoping. Uh, so I'm glad to hear that because that was sorely needed. And um, we had an administrator on call in the past and we, we haven't had that lately. So um, I'm hoping uh, that will help smooth things over, but I believe that'll start, I heard in August or something. So those are our main concerns, uh, I think in the last few uh, a month or so. I already talked about mock survey, I believe last time and uh, that, that went very well. We're continuing to educate the doctors about how to get ready for the survey. I've been distributing a number of um, documents to, to staff, you know, cards we're going to put behind people's badges to remind them what to do in a fire, what to do in this situation, that situation, so they'll be ready to answer questions and whatnot. So uh, we're going to even ramp that up even more uh, as we have our, our meetings, our, our, our department meetings. So uh, that's all, all for, my, for now. I, if anyone has any questions, please let me know. Thank you. Trustees, Dr. Pion, I'll lead off on this one a little bit. Can you remind us about the Joint Commission window, anticipated visits, and your impression of the state of preparation um, for, for uh, Alameda Hospital to negotiate such a survey? Well, I think the mock survey was a really great thing because you have two, you have mock survey folks coming in and they're, you know, aggressively looking at everything and telling us and everything that they see that possibly could be brought up by a surveyor. And uh, I, I believe uh, we're taking all that to heart. We're, we're taking notes. We're, we're addressing everything we can. I, I think that the chances of, of having a, a good outcome are much better than without the mock survey. So I, I think, you know, it's hard for me to say this is going to be my first survey as a, as a chief of staff. So um, I'm, I'm hoping we're ready. Uh, we'll be ready. I'm going to do what I can from my standpoint to, to help, the staff uh, be ready uh, as they're likely to be questioned and uh, interviewed and whatnot. Got it. And I and and I'm uh, uh, keenly aware that our quality department is still trying to do upgraded teachings and learnings. I think I just got an email from Nilda inviting for a two-day opportunity in August. So uh, again, my continued applause to the quality department trying to keep us on task for this super important compliance and regulatory activity. Um, Dr. Pion, back to the comments you made vis-a-vis -vis, you know, specialty and MRI. It, it, uh, are you satisfied with the vector of improvement or direction, or can you give some comments? This is your space to interact directly with the board. Sure. Mm -hmm. Well, ECHO, I think, is a short -term, was a short-term bad patch we went through because of the loss of some uh, from employees. So. I think that's getting better. My my staff tells me things are a little a lot bit better now that they hired up for that. So maybe this is something that we'll look at in the past. But the MRI thing is not fixed. I think that that is going to be a problem. There's only one MRI for both San Leandro and Alameda. The share, you know, we're a stroke center, so we have a lot of strokes. Uh, two and a half slots for two hospitals. Just, I mean, for our hospital is just not enough. And, uh, you know, there's outpatients getting scanned in the same machine. It doesn't seem to make sense that there's outpatients, inpatients from two different hospitals in one machine. And MRIs take a long time, as many of us know. As many of the studies take at least an hour or so. Well, there's only, you know, how many hours in a day? You can only do so many studies. So we may, I would love to hear what, you know, are we going to be 
to stand pat and do this, or we're going to figure out a way to, to, to get more uh, studies done. I'd love to hear from, the, from leadership regarding that. Dr. Pion, can you comment just to give uh, our, our audience and non-clinicians in the room some, some of the kind of uh, logistics of MRI at Alameda Hospital, you know, where it's located, all that kind of stuff, so we can get a flavor for that kind of stuff? Uh, the MRI is in an MRI truck in the, in the parking lot, so they're brought over there. Um, it's a, it's 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 fine. It's a it's a high quality. I feel like a high quality study, but again, I think for the, at the moment, San Leandro apparently uh, used to have I think their own MRI, but they're they've moved their CT truck out to their parking lot, so they, or they they can't have their own MRI truck. So that's why I think that's why now you're seeing double the, double the studies coming to one truck. It's that's that's a problem. I, we can't you know we can't suddenly cut. The number of studies we need in half. I mean, if anything, MRI is becoming the standard of care so much for so many diseases now. Um, not only not only neurology, brain scans, but MRCPs and uh, you know spine. It's just getting. It's such a it's such a superior study to a CAT scan in in, in those instances, and we really need it. Patients sit around. We don't have an, uh, a way to diagnose or properly diagnose patients if we don't have the MRI study done. Okay. Dr. Bouquet. Uh, yes, sir. I, I was coming to you, Mr. Frasky. Yeah, thank yes, you. Um, the, Dr. Pion's right. Um, there have been some difficulties with MRIs, and it rose to me yesterday, and um, Judy Seip, um, the interim director of imaging, um, and I had a conversation, and, and Dr. Pion, I'm, I'm going to have Judy connect with you tomorrow. Um, to bring you up to speed on some of the ideas she has to fix this, okay? And she okay. has my she has my full support, um, and I'll get involved if needed um, to help with it, okay? So stay stay tuned. Okay, great. And and to scale, I, you know, I'm certainly not. A, I order a lot of MRIs myself in my specialty, but uh, the, these are not cheap investments for organizations, and it requires. A lot of logistical dancing and compliance, and maybe having the right. It's a big magnet. It's a big magnet, and so there's a whole uh, compliance and regulatory uh, system all around there. So, um, if we if we could, uh, Mr. Frasky, kind of put that on our tracking radar of things that relate to clinical operations, that would be great, and uh, appreciate that. Will do. Thank you, Dr. Pian. Um, any other comments in that regard? No, none for me. Okay. If there's any questions? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for raising the concerns. This is the place to to help us help the trustees see uh, uh, where where we can help guide our mission. Trustees, any other questions for uh, Doctor either Doctor Williams or Doctor Kim? Okay. With that, we are moving along. We will close out item C. And we will now move to item D as in David, the committee reports. Item D1 is the audit and compliance committee. This is uh, chaired by Trustee Fox, but Trustee Fox um, had to be absent last time. And Trustee Splendorio sat in in his stead, but Trustee Splendorio is not here this evening. Um, Trustee Fox, is it okay if I defer, therefore defer this report for this evening? Yes. Okay, so we will defer item D1, the audit and compliance committee report, given given that circumstance. And we'll move to item D2, the QPSC, the quality committee. 
I chair this. Um, and uh, just as a reminder, uh, before we go back into committee reports, um, we have a standing roster of our uh, committee lists by by trustee that's available and should be included as a standing uh, as a standing document within our report. It's broken down by committee and trustee. So for any of the public or executives or other trustees, if we can't remember who's on what's committee on what committee, that's a standing report. Um, through the chair, a point of order when we get to that to, to that document, which is in the next part of the agenda, I'd like to make a comment on it. Yes, ma'am. Where, where where in the agenda is that? Is that in the consent agenda? It actually comes right after the committee report. Oh, so it's at the end of the committee reports. I think, yeah, I think it's after committee reports. Actually, I think it, actually, I think it opens. Okay. It, yeah, it, 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 it's the opening page on this section when you click your link. It's the opening two pages before, before item D1. So I'll, I'll give you space to comment on these committees right now, if that's okay, Trustee Jensen. Oh, sure. I just wanted to um, point out there's one committee listed there. Um, that is, let's see, um, actually not not a committee any longer, and that would be the committee for seismic at Alameda Hospital. Yes, the Alameda, it, it's actually been re-established and reformed into the um, the Alameda Hospital Strategic Planning Committee and Trustee Energy is not participating, but Trustee Blue is along with. Um, with several physicians, including Dr. Pion, Dr. Lowry, um, also the assistant city manager in Alameda. So it's it's a quite robust work in progress, but I just wanted to put that in there. So, because uh, everyone looks at this and you can see that King Kenny is everywhere, but. Yeah. <laughs> Trustee Jensen, is it therefore, is it appropriate and give me your, your feedback and commentary that this is actually not further a subcommittee of the board of trustees but a board of trustees is a member on that committee. Is that would you, would you characterize that as accurate? In the past, there's been two for the seismic committee. Actually, um, Ross Peterson, former trustee yes. Peterson, was on that committee along with um, Trustee Energy. So there's no, yeah, it's 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 an external um, committee. I guess you could call it. It's I'm on it, and um, Trustee Blue is on it. So. Yes. But a subcommittee implies that the committee is owned by the board of trustees and that that does not seem to be the case here. Is that accurate? That's accurate. Okay. So Madam Clerk and uh, Council Sir, uh, if we could uh, remove that item from the committee roster, um, but but note uh, that this is of particular interest to this board of trustees and to ongoing and Trustee Jensen will keep helping. Uh, uh, she'll have space to make comment uh, if there need be. Trustee Banerjee, yeah. do you have a comment? Yeah, I, I was thinking that if it's possible, I know that these are not board committees, but these are both the strategic planning or the heady are important, vital enough um, for, from our, you know, the strategic vantage that the boards need to get, and especially for board visibility for, because our board members will be serving on those to somewhere be mentioned so that <laughs> Um, you know, if they, if, if we need, if other board members are able to participate, even in the as participants, not as members, it would be helpful for them to know once in a way. It, it, it's good that the seismic has been rolled into the strategic. They would be doing 
relatively the same work and this is like this is really a core and trustee Banerjee, i like how you're thinking it's it's sort of keeping our it's our tracking list not necessarily our list so uh, uh madam clerk can you and i work together to perhaps find some other nomenclature for non-subcommittees that but of that committees are of interest to this board and, and perhaps the the committee the alameda committee the hospital committee would be something that we would just just so we're a bit aware of it but notifying that it is not a subcommittee of our board is that okay uh, madam clerk absolutely okay if you'll put that on that tracking list because you know it's like a sieve so you'll is help there me. also um a san leandro community committee some was there a committee in san leandro trustee dong is aggressively shaking her head so that means yes yes in fact, <laughs> in fact trustee dong and i came running to this meeting to make it on time from our san leandro strategic <laughs> planning meeting so yes we're on the go so so uh, so as we're building this together the san leandro strategic planning committee might be something to populate on this list trustee jensen apologies name that name that committee please um it's uh, the alameda uh, um one sec it's the alameda hospital strategic planning committee okay and then alameda hospital strategic planning committee okay and mark Fratsky is also participating yeah okay and then uh, trustee Banerjee is actually Hetty, a subcommittee of the Board of Trustees. It was at it, I think, at its inception, but I don't think it is further. No, it's a staff committee. It's a, yeah, it's a it's hospital a committee. committee. So both the strategic planning committee, San Leandro Hospital, Alameda Hospital, Hedy, a staff committee, but with heavy board presence is what I, I think I'm trying to say. Okay. So we'll also keep that on, however we name this, committees on which trustees are members but not necessarily subcommittees is that acceptable to all trustees in the room that's acceptable it's also um it goes to our bylaws these are committees that aren't part of our bylaws although and they're right. not even ad hoc committees so I, I think it could be clarified that way as well thank you um with that uh so um anything else before we go on okay item d2 i'll do this very quickly the the qpsc met on june 23rd uh, the article we chose for that one was called Seven Features of Highly Effective Outcomes Improvement Projects. Why did we pick that? Because now going on three or four months, we have a standing agenda item where we hear about quality improvement projects which occur within the auspices of AHS anywhere. It can be at any, any of the hospitals. We, ha we heard a particularly strong report um, from uh, Dr. Andrew Herring and Dr. David Tien who are uh, in clinical leadership for this so-called bridge clinic, which provides access to care for substance use disorders. I think anyone who was in the room was quite impressed with the presentation and uh, the work that they are doing. And um, it was a very impressive study and we hope to hear from them in some other uh, format in the future. Otherwise, we did the standard work of approving credentialing policies and procedures. And we heard on issues of safety quality and the true north metrics um any questions with regard to the qpsc report and i know many of you were in there so that takes us to item david three finance committee madam chair esteem 
Thank you, Dr. Chair. I think that's a good title for you. <laughs> <laughs> so last week at our finance committee, uh, we heard our usual finance report from our CFO, Kim Miranda. Our net negative balance is at 20 million, which is better than expected. Um, cash collections are exceeding fiscal year 20 over 2019. Um, and several other updates, which I uh, am feeling a little too under the weather to get into right now, but I will share that we had a presentation from Chancellor Consulting Group regarding our commercial payer strategy. And that update was really good, um, explaining that we have goals to make in-network providers from our biggest commercial uh, providers at this point, um, which is currently not happening and leads to unfortunate delays and complaints uh, we often have to rely on our legal team to force payments and those delays and, and that level of um, unnecessary inertia causes our payments not to be as high as they can or should be. Um, uh, another goal is to make sure that we preserve our Highland Hospital trauma rates because that is uh, one of the best uh, aspects that we have currently related to billing. So. Um, we're hoping to level leverage that to make sure all insurers uh, that are currently connected remain. So um, John George Syke also has great potential if it's expanded or if there's uh, better access to our outpatient psych services or even expansion there as well, because supply is low and demand is great. Um, there was some discussion about how the credentialing of the doctors can also be expedited through the process uh, as we get uh, contracts going with every insurer. They often have their own lengthy process for credentialing uh, if doctors are not already enrolled, and that can be as long as nine months. But if we can make that an in-house process, we can shrink it to one month. Um, we had a teaching moment from our very own Tangerine Brigham about CalAIM. We did not get into financial impacts um, because the rates are not finalized yet, but we did hear about programs that are within CalAIM that are going to help uh, we talked about managed care reliance and care delivery for our Medi-Cal patient population. Um, we're targeting whole person care and social determinants of health and the initial rollout of the program. Um, and we understand that the rates will be charged by the region, uh, whereas right now they're currently based on cost and number of enrollees and having a regional charge um, is something that's going to have an impact. And I think we'll have to have Tangerine come back and talk about what that might look like, um, whether it benefits us because we're in an urban center or whether it uh, makes us uh, have some kind of other impacts because um, how big is the region going to be? What does it include? You know, how far out do we go? Uh, will we be tied into other places that have a different standard of rate charges? Um, and then we heard uh, about a couple contracts, which will come up in our consent calendar later on in the agenda tonight. Both those contracts were approved and moved to the full board. And if there's any further discussion, we can have it at that time. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Chair. You're not going to leave me beyond that one, are you? Sure. Thank you, Trustee Esteen. Um, um, with that, we will close out item D3. Item D4 is the Interim CEO Recruitment and Onboarding Ad Hoc Committee led by uh, Chair Banerjee. Trustee Banerjee. Thank you, Chair, um, Dr. Chair, <laughs> Dr. Chair. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and, 
thank you for selecting the Primo on board fiduciary responsibility conflict of interest because that's a perfect segue to the uh, to uh, the report of the interim CEO transition committee. So, as you might know, this committee includes Trustee Dong, um, Trustee Bucket, Trustee Blue, and myself, and we met on June nineteenth. So as you know, just to kind of refresh the uh, in this dynamic changing, ever changing landscape with lots of new um, uh, changes, both at the state federal level in terms of financing coming, maintaining high fidelity to the AHS mission and ensuring stability and effective performance of the system is a board responsibility. And governance is exercising integrity and accountability to the communities that who use AHS uh, for their care, to our staff, um, to our key partners, county and um, other partners uh, who are key stakeholders, and for us to be strengthening our partnerships, but also rebuilding the trust um, and partnerships, some of which have been eroded. So we've been really, the board has been pleased with some of the changes that have been happening in the leadership um, structure as we restructure and uh, our CEO, uh, James Jackson, um, sets his team. And our uh, committee met, the first thing we were, we as you know, we've also been waiting to hear a little bit about the governance the decision that has been that HMA had been doing so last month when the when HMA presented their recommendations and finding findings and we realized that this is going to be a long process now of figuring out and finalizing the government governance structure of AHS. We as a as a committee we felt that it was important for us a to think about the stability of our leadership. Uh, right now and also to make sure that as we go into big things moving forward that um, stability effectiveness and and you know our reliability that our quality are uh, that the board performance uh, uh, that the organizational performance system performance is held to the highest standards and so we do had a recommendation to um, for our board to meet in closed session to discuss some of our uh, leadership um, uh, uh, in, in terms of our leadership structure as well. So um, that will be what will be following us um, after the uh, full session today. Thank you, Trustee Banerjee. Trustees, any questions for Trustee Banerjee on that ad hoc committee report? I'm scanning. I don't see any. Um, thank you for all the committee chairs and the work you do and the report and the committee members, of course. I do need to make uh, one comment while we're in the committee discussion. I, we had previously um, uh, appointed Trustee Banerjee to join the executive committee. The bylaws allow for us for a non-officer of the officers, of course, being the president, the vice president, and the secretary treasurer to have a non-quote executive officer on the executive committee. This has been very helpful to Trustee Jensen and then Steen and myself because with three, it's a quorum every time just two of us talk. So we now have four committee members. So actually two of us can actually talk at a time. So uh, thank you, Banerjee, uh, no good deed goes unpunished. So thank you for doing more work. And yes, I think your name is all over that committee rosters. So thank you for that work. 
With that, we'll close out item D4 and we will move to item E, uh, the consent, consent, consent agenda items, echo E1, E2, E3, A, and B. Uh, trustees, before entertaining a motion to improve the, uh, uh, approve the entirety of this consent agenda, are there any items that need to be removed for discussion? I see no. Given that, may I uh, uh, accept, a, I, I'd be willing to entertain a motion to approve the consent agenda in its entirety. So moved. Second. We have a motion from Trustee Jensen, second by Trustee Esteem. Uh, Madam Clerk, roll call, please. Yes, Trustee Banerjee. Aye. Trustee Bouquet. Aye. Um, Trustee Dong. Aye. Trustee Esteem. Aye. Trustee Fox. Aye. Trustee Jensen. Aye. The motion passes. Thank you. Thank you. With that, we will close out the consent agenda item. That's item E. We'll now move into item F. Um, there are four items here, as you see. Item F1 is the Board of Trustees appointment to the EBMG Board of Directors. Just to refresh for the trustees and the audience, uh, the East Bay Medical Group was formed by Alameda Health System as a wholly owned subsidiary to uh, uh, employing an employment engine uh, and hopefully other engine for other things which can occur here on July 1st of last year. Um, uh, there, there were a number of trustees, uh, uh, sorry, they called them board of directors, number of directors which were appointed at the time who had to be charter members because the structure had to be gotten up. Um, the, the, the bylaws requires that the EBMG board of directors is composed of 11 directors. Five of them are so-called interested directors. Those are uh, uh, those who are employee of EBMG. Three of those are so-called uh, community, quote, uninterested directors, meaning that they have no employment or fiduciary uh, relationship to EBMG. Two are ex officio directors. Uh, currently, our chief operating officer and our chief medical officer sit in those ex officio positions. So there are 10 positions which are filled. The 11th position is an Alameda Health System Board of Trustees, that's us, designated director. This, this individual also needs to be uninterested, i.e. not uh, be compensated out of EBMG. Um, we've been having discussion about um, uh, this appointment. Uh, this has sort of been our responsibility since July 1, but given all the circumstances we've been navigating, we're, we're finally coming to it. Um, we've solicited uh, appropriate candidates, and boy, were we lucky to, uh, in my opinion, find the following candidate. Uh, I, I would like to, the, her curriculum vitae is in here, and hopefully she doesn't blush too much, but I'm going to talk about Dr. Uh, Christina Chrissy Chavez Johnson. She's a graduate of UCLA undergrad. She went uh, to the University of Illinois of Chicago for her med school, and then she uh, came back home to California where she went to UCSF Fresno for her family medicine, uh, uh, family and community medicine residency, and stayed there for a maternal child health fellowship. Um, she has uh, been at La Clinica de la Raza since uh, about 2014. And for those of you who don't know, La Clinica de la Raza is, is a mission ally for uh, uh, service to our population. Um, 
Dr. Chavez Johnson is, uh, I've invited her, her smiling face is in the room and she's still in clinic, of course, uh, right now doing her work. And um, uh, uh, apologies, uh, Chrissy, but uh, I, as, a, as a cool and interesting fact, she is uh, the grand niece, I think, of Cesar Chavez. And I find that to be pretty cool. Dr. Chavez Johnson, welcome the, this evening. Uh, a, a few words, sorry to put you on the spot while you're in clinic. That's okay. I'm technically done, although of course you all know we have charting to do. <laughs> um, so hi everyone. Um, I just wanted to say a quick hi. Um, I'm excited to be uh, joining the board if you shall have me. Um, and yeah, it's just, you know, someone from La Clinica, you know, we definitely share a similar patient population and we all work together and we send lots of patients your way. Um, and I'm sure you send a few hours um, and it would just be great to kind of know what's going on um, and, you know, try to have a voice to advocate for all of our patients. Thank you, Dr. Travis Johnson. Trustees, any, any, uh, sorry, I didn't prepare her for this. Uh, would anyone like to ask any questions of Dr. Chavez Johnson? Okay. Barring none, may I entertain a motion to approve Dr. Chavez Johnson to the East Bay Medical Group Board of Directors? I move approval of Dr. Chavez Johnson to the Board of East Bay Medical Group. Second. We have um, a motion and a second. Ma Madam Clerk, roll call, please. Trustee Banerjee. Aye. Trustee Bouquet. Aye. Trustee Dong. Aye. I'm sorry. Yes, Trustee Young. I apologize. Trustee Esteem. Aye. Trustee Fox. Aye. And Trustee Jensen. Aye. The motion passes. Thank you. Dr. Chavez Johnson, welcome to Alameda Health System in this capacity. We, we, look, <laughs> forward so to, we, we look forward to hearing from your work uh, through the East Bay Medical Group. So go back to charting, Dr. Chavez Johnson, and then get back to your family. So thank you. Take we care. will we will close out item F1, and we will do item F2 briefly. This is September board retreat planning. As everyone knows, we had our first retreat of the year in April, uh, and uh, boy, I think a significant amount of work is, has has been done. But this is infinite work, and we need time together to do this. The best date that we seem to be able to find for everyone was Friday, September seventeenth. So, so this is for the planning. Uh, I, I, I propose that the executive committee and everyone responded to Rana's poll. So hopefully that sticks. Uh, uh, I propose that the executive committee made of uh, myself, Vice President Jensen, Secretary Treasurer Esteen and Trustee Banerjee take uh, uh, input from all the trustees but work as the lead and in collaboration with the executive leadership team to develop that board agenda. That work probably needs to start happening relatively soon, um, uh, September 17th. So we're really talking around two months away, um, but we want, and, and the good news is that we're dark in August. So, so gives, uh, especially our executives, a little bit of wiggle room to be thinking about that. I think strategy is, is the theme of the day. Uh, but of course, finance and quality are always there in support of uh, that. So um, any comments on September board retreat planning, especially from the executive uh, officers who I just threw under the bus? Uh, 
Uh, I just wanted to say that it, it will be, and I've mentioned this before, but it, it, I would like to use the opportunity to um, to conclude or, or at least move move quite along on our um, board self-assessment. Uh, yes, ma'am. That's that's the, yes, ma'am. Hold that. That's next agenda item, and you're right. going to be you'll you'll be helping to comment on that. So part of that, as we're as we're sort of brainstorming in public, we absolutely have to talk about finance. We have to ha absolutely have to talk about strategy. We absolutely have to talk about board performance, and 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 part of that will be our self evaluation. That will be the next agenda item. I'll give that to Trustee Jensen and Trustee Banerjee. But but uh, we'll be looking forward to hearing from Mr. Jackson, and Mr. Frasky on what other elements. That's a Friday. We're 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 predicting it'll be the same as before, roughly nine to five. And of course, this is a public meeting, and we want our essential stakeholders to be uh, participants as well. And and uh, you know, opportunities to hear from EBMG as well. There's a lot of work to do. Trustee Fox, uh, I'm just wondering and hoping that this can be an in-person meeting. An in-person retreat. What does that prospect look like? Uh, you know, uh, I, I think that's actually a great discussion, Trustee Fox, which I was holding for uh, board item F four board calendar tracking and planning. But let's just do this here. Um, as the world is starting to open up, I'm I'm actually not familiar with the regulatory issues of holding mixed meetings. Meaning, can we do some Zoom slash some open? I, I would also support an in-person meeting. Uh, this board has never sat in the same room together. And I, I think that would be a great opportunity. Um, I'll punt this one to, to CEO Jackson too about considering how we can get into a, 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 a space. We'll have to talk to our audio visual people. Uh, there are certainly pros about Zoom. I think we've, we've had greater attendance than we've had before. But I personally believe something is lost not being in the same room together, Trustee Fox. So I I would agree with you. I would like to project that as an in-person meeting. Um, and, and we could get Ahmad to comment on this, but it's my understanding that the Brown Act um, uh, options have been extended for for tele meetings, but they are also available. People are may also meet in person. There's no prohibition against that. Yeah. Okay. So I think this is an ongoing discussion and I'm going to put this also back on the executive team, sorry, executive committee to help plan this out. What's our forecast of hybrid versus in-person, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Cause I know in person we're coming from all over different locales and you know, the benefit of zoom is it makes us all accessible. So um, is that acceptable discussion on this trustee Fox? Okay. So shooting for Friday, September 17th, all day, and I think we're all seem to be in agreement that we would prefer this to be on in person, and we'll facilitate logistics with our through our uh, CEO and COO. That that's our perfect segue to item F three, the annual board self evaluation. We are required by our bylaws to self evaluate ourselves. So I love filling, fulfilling our responsibilities, which include meeting a budget. Uh, we just did one of our fiduciary responsibilities, reporting a board of director. Uh, to EBMG, we need to self-evaluate. Um, uh, the good trustee Jensen and Banerjee have sort of taken the lead on this. Um, uh, trustee Jensen, can you sort of kind of guide us with, uh, and maybe have some timelining there with you and uh, some guiding guiding statements and open up for questions? Sure. Um, we have 
been working with the Governance Institute. They have a they have a, a, a package, a robust um, tool for board self-evaluation. And um, we met with them, Kinkini and I met with them a couple of weeks ago. And so I think Kinkini and I have talked briefly about this, but um, Trustee Banerjee and I talked briefly. We would be in favor of um, having, using their tool with some tweaks to it, with some additional questions. And um, and I was I mean I think that they could have it prepared for us by the time we are at retreat, and it was going to be my suggestion that we do it. Everyone take you know ten minutes and go to the corners of the room and do the actual tool at the retreat. So we uh, or I don't think, and I haven't really talked to Trustee Banerjee about this or to um, the Governance Institute, but I don't think that. We can do it um, to discuss at, at the retreat. You think I don't think we can have the results by the retreat. Trustee Banerjee. I, I do think they might be if we, by the end of this month, uh, if we are able to, they've given us a kind of timeline of like by the 26th, if we have the, you know, um, the few questions that we want to add then they get disseminated through August and then synthesize the results and have a report for us. So if we might be able to pull this off and the hope is for us to actually bring the results to the, um, to, to the um, retreat. Oh, we, good. Yeah. So if we just, we, we were talking about meeting with them to get it finalized next week, right? Correct. Yes. And so uh, if I can, if I can jump in, I'm sorry to yes. interrupt, but I do, no, no, I do have a timeline. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I do have a timeline. Kim Kenny and Tracy and Taft, um, I do have a timeline. Um, we can, uh, we have to meet with them sometime like this week or very early next week. Yeah. And then um, we will be able to have the results in time for the 17th retreat. That's the timeline is going backwards from there. So I can talk with you guys offline, but uh, we just we just need to arrange that. But to help us in public, uh, 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 Madam Clerk, when when would the launch be for for this survey? Uh, and, and just to help us out, when do, when would when would the survey be in the inbox of trustees? And how long would they have to complete it? Because there's going to because uh, uh, the Governance Institute is going to have to digest and prepare the presentation. Yes, it will be, it will launch on July 26th. Um, oh. I'm, I'm sorry, that email will go out on July 26th. The assessment will launch on August 2nd, and okay. it will close on August 13th. Okay. Trustee Fox. Um, not to throw a wrench in the works, but I haven't seen the survey, and I appreciate the work that, the trustees who have worked on this have put in, but I would imagine that strategy is a significant, our handling strategic issues and making strategic decisions is a significant part of the survey. And if we haven't gone through the, the um, retreat before we complete the survey, we're going to have a gap in that whole what I think would be a very important part of our activity for the year. So does that mean that we're going to kind of punt on, on our strategic governance because we haven't had a chance to do it or how's that going to affect the outcome of the survey? 
That's a really good point. And thanks for that feedback. I'm assuming that, uh, you know, the, that the strategic planning is beginning now will not be if we did push it to like if uh, if we if we were to do it a little later in the year um is there another retreat anytime i, I think that i think we've dropped to two retreats for the year mm -hmm. okay okay because i mean we can we can present the results in uh, uh of it at another the a, a, a special meeting could be used as well right Yes, exactly. A special meeting could also be used. So if, because uh, uh, I hear what you say is that that segment of the of the board self-evaluation instrument, which deals with strategy, we will have to pretty much say, no, you know, not, not much because our process is just starting. So because it's an annual cycle that we are doing, Alan, probably given that this this cycle, we'll be able to say that, uh, you know, show that we are just starting on it, but next year, it'll be a more robust one, but we will definitely, you will see the instrument before it goes. Okay. Um, well, okay. I, I, if we can do that, it would be, I think, too bad if we got marked down for having NAs across the board in that part of the survey. Well, actually, we we can. We're, we're Kinkini and I were, were um, meeting with the the um, governance institute, and they they have a self assessment, you know, sample kind of which I'm looking at now, and it's there are some questions about um, strategic planning, but a lot of but we can put put in there what we want. So we we we're, we're going to make the survey reflect what we've worked on and what okay. this board has done in in the brief time that we've been together. Okay. And the and I think a bit excellent point. And I think in the results we can frame the context that this survey was done just prior to you know, the launching of the strategic, uh, 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 formal strategic planning process. So in the coming year, or if we do a, you know, a formative one in the mid season too, like we'd be able to get a little bit more input into that. But this one is where, where we are right now in the organization's evolution. Okay. But, but, but it does that trustee, Fo it, trustee Fox's comments do beg an important question. So what would be the downside of ending the retreat with doing the survey there in real time? The downside is that, that, that we wouldn't be able to talk about ourselves at the retreat. Maybe we don't have space to anyways, but, but, but uh, that would sort of kick this down the road. We're, we're, filling, we're fulfilling our fiduciary responsibility just by filling out the, 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 uh, the self-assessment, right? So I, I asked trustees Banerjee and trustee, and trustee Jensen with their wisdom. I mean, is that such a bad thing to have it out in December? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, we set the annual cycle. I think we've yeah. always used a retreat to kind of do some reflection about where we've yeah. come so far, what we need to do moving forward. Yeah. But absolutely, if making sense, if it makes sense to kind of use that time to be doing it and uh, synthesizing, we'll just, uh, we'll just, you know, look. And that gives you a little bit more space, actually, too. To, and to good data, out. and good data more than anything else, probably. Be because well. I do agree with Trustee Fox, the name of our game right now is strategy. And 
that's going to be a big uh, NA for us right now, right? Because we haven't done some of these things. Um, do, right. Do you uh, uh, Jensen comments? I mean, this could be whatever we want it to be. This self-evaluation yeah. could be, um, it could be very brief. We've done board self-assessments that in the past that were 30 or 50 questions. And it takes a little while. And, and you know, depending on, in my opinion, sometimes we didn't really use the results that we got. It was a, it was a, a task, but it didn't really result in any actions. So I think I appreciate this conversation and I um, would suggest that either we make it a, um, a brief survey of how this board is feeling moving forward, how the board is overseeing policy, whether the board's comfortable with the direction that the board members in, in collaboration are moving and, you know, kind of more general, we could do that by the time of the retreat or we could postpone it. But even if we have a baseline before the retreat, I think that might be good as we move into next year, as we move into other um, highlighted issues like governance and like um, the CEO evaluation, which is, is definitely um, a priority, then we would have some something to go back to to point and share with each other and share with our CEO as well. Question, does, does, does the results of this uh, survey, is that made public and does that go to the Board of Supervisors? I, it, it hasn't in the past as far as I know. No, it's not a public record, it's but it's something yeah. that we use internally for our own. Only for ourselves, okay. Um, Trustee Jensen, we uh, so uh, practically speaking, we don't have such a short instrument right now. There, the, uh, and I'm going to ask for Council's uh, contribution on his. It's my recollection that we had a prior homegrown um, survey, which which I think you guys probably know about, which sort of exists. That is probably in a state ready for launch, right? It would. We have one from 2019. We have a self-assessment that was done in 2019. It's um, let's see, uh, 43 questions. And it's very, it's somewhat specific, you know, specific as assessments. Sorry, what do you think um, about your colleagues and um, anonymously, how do you rate this and this and this? And, and so um, it, it, it's something that we used in the past. I wouldn't go for the whole thing. I, in fact, this was what we were going to talk about if we, if we could meet. So maybe talk to you and, um, and, Trustee Fox, too, if that would be helpful. We could look, we have two, right now we have two, uh, we have two um, self-assessment instruments and or options. We have one that the um, Governance Institute provided, a board self-assessment document that they have used that we can change as we need to, and they were going to put it out. So that was, that was kind of the other thing was that they were going to be able to um, tabulate the data we thought I think, um, Trustee Banerjee, you can help me out here, but I think that we felt like they were going to be able to give us more succinct data and more and break it down for us better. Yeah. Except for this, except for the strategy considerations, which Trustee Fox said, because yeah. we just haven't done that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, let's, let's kind of, um, we, when we meet this week or early next week with the Governance Institute kind of 
we can come back with a proposal but the instrument that they have like which is they've really refined it even more in the last year it's a it's a truly good instrument for a public hospital board assessment so i would think that other than adding a couple, a few more that are very germane to our context because of our relationship with county, labor, internal stakeholders, a little bit of that, that is a really, really good instrument. So okay. I, I think that it, the question is like just the timing of it. Do we rush yeah. and do it in August or do we do it in uh, September? October and then come back with a little bit and, and synthesize it in November. So it's it's more a timing question, I'm hoping, because we had looked at both the yeah. one that our homegrown one and the uh, governance institute and decided that the one that they had was would be better for our purposes. So I think we let's meet. We'll we'll share the instrument with the board so that you get a preview of it and you if there are any questions you think we should do before we finalize it. But the timing of it is a really good um, insight, uh, Trustee yeah. Fox. And yeah, I, I thank you, Trustee Banerjee, and I think I appreciate Trustee Fox's question to ins inspire the dialogue. So. Now, as I'm framing things, man, we want to see how we've done on sort of like our biggest task. <laughs> and, and I think that's going to be largely borne out um, in the Perry uh, retreat time, probably at the retreat time. So my, and I'm, this isn't a directive, of course, and this isn't even an, really an action item on that. Uh, I'd, I, I'm sort of favoring kicking it down the road before the end of the calendar year. Um, but I'll defer to Trustee Jensen and Banerjee who are appointed that. So I'll leave it to you guys to poll individual trustees, uh, sorry, poll, you're not allowed to poll, uh, to, to inquire uh, to other uh, trustees about what, what their preference would be. But Trustee Fox's uh, questions actually make sense. Is that acceptable? Okay, thank sure. you, Trustee Fox. Um, Taft, do you think um, on the, these emails that Ron has been trying to set up a meeting for the three of us, do you feel like you, you've you been CC'd on it, but I'm not sure, do you wanna to come to the meeting with uh, the Governance Institute? Trustee Jensen, we... I don't feel like I need to be there because I, I fully entrust you guys on this issue. So okay. uh, a, a more agile committee is probably what I'd favor. That's okay with you. Sure, then we'll have something next week. Yes, ma'am, thank you so much. Um, with that, we close out item F3. F4 is board calendar tracking and planning. We just sort of did this over the past few items. Remember, we are dark as a board in August, except for the quality committee. And um, uh, remember that we have a board retreat on September 17th, Friday, September 17th. Otherwise, that's kind of our short-term short -term forecast on board calendar tracking and planning. Um, any questions about, about board calendar or planning? None. We will close out item F4. Let's go to item G. These are staff reports, and this is the opportunity to ask any questions. We have the CFO's uh, report, of course, um, which is item G1. Item G2 is actually a nice report. It's, it's uh, I mean this in a complimentary way, it's dense and a nice report. It's the legislative update. So this is a great resource for when people, when, for when people are wondering, well, what are we doing on this? So Thank you to Elizabeth Lamb and Tangerine uh, Brigham on, on, on putting that together. That's a great resource document for our trustees to keep in their back pocket. Any questions on the staff reports? 
Wow, none. I promised to try to get to closed by 7 p.m. It is 6.58 p.m., so I'm going to pat myself on the back for once. Um, let's um, counsel. Um, so, uh, audience, we're going in to go into closed session. We've allocated up to 90 minutes for this. Um, we will be coming out of closed session, and then we'll be going into item H, which is entitled Discussion and Possible Action Relating to Approving Compensation for the Chief Executive Officer. So we are now going into closed session. I'll leave it up to council to make announcement and then uh, take us into the room. Thank you, Chair Bouquet. Um, the board will now go into closed session to consider the item on the agenda. See everyone when we come back. Coming out of closed session, an action was made in closed session. And I'd like to read you that action. I'm extraordinarily pleased to announce that the board of trustees uh, unanimously agreed in an action to appoint interim CEO James Jackson to become the permanent CEO of Alameda Health System pending a successful contract negotiation. That was the action performed uh, in uh, closed session. Well, that will move to item H, um, discussion and possible action relating to approving compensation for the CEO. As I just noted in that, that closed action report, the board, uh, all present board members, uh, we were missing one board member, unanimously uh, showed our, our faith in our, in our interim CEO uh, to become our permanent CEO. Um, I have appointed uh, trustees Friedman and Banerjee to, the, to lead the contracting subcommittee uh, who will um, make recommendations for a contract uh, in concert with uh, Mr. Jackson and his counsel. And that, just for the public to know, that contract will come back in public forum for uh, our, our approval by vote uh, uh, in some close future date. A big night for this organization, a big night for Mr. Jackson. Uh, thank you to everyone. Um, with that, uh, I, uh, there is a trustee comment section. I'll, I'll leave it open for trustee comments. If there are any trustee comments to be made, uh, I'll, I'll make that space right now. Trustees? I can say on behalf of the chair of the CEO Transition Committee how thrilled we are to be taking this action. We've, you know, it's the, the last years with COVID, with all of the upheavals that have happened um, just we really look forward to a period of stability of creating a really strong leadership team and to to support James um, we see the changes happening already so thank you James and congratulations yes trustees any other comments I just um, add add my thanks to um, James and to all, everyone in the organization in Alameda Health System and at all our sites. I am um, I trust that everyone is going to be as supportive of our 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 newly appointed permanent leader as this board is. Thank you, Trustee Jensen. Trustee Friedman. Yeah, I agree with everybody's comments, and I think also we need to think about a communication strategy. Uh, both internal within the organization and external press release, et cetera, et cetera. So if somebody isn't already working on that, somebody needs to be. Yes, sir. Agreed. We have a contract that needs to be negotiated, but this action item is, is, uh, is newsworthy. Um, I agree. Uh, and uh, uh, rest assured, we'll, we'll find the right mechanism 
uh, to do that. Great. Um, trustees, any other comments? Go Alameda Health System. Everyone have a great evening. Thank you. Uh, this adjourns the meeting.